Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Our number one of the get right, Reggie KG on 105. Three the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up, though? Ross Levinsky holding it down for you here on your Turn It On and Leave It On station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation, we're with you until 11 o'clock tonight here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers coming up in 18 minutes. Levi Weaver of the Athletic Major League Baseball going to be joining us to preview game number three of the American League Division Series between your Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles after the Rangers take not one but two games in Baltimore to take over the ALD American League Division Series, excuse me, uh, two games to none with Game three being tomorrow night at Globe Life Field at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg at If you want to get at us on Twitter again, Levi Weaver of the Athletic going to be joining us here in 17 minutes to get you ready for game three of the American League Division Series. But we kick off our show today following, of course, the Cowboys hour with the voice of America's team, Brad Sham, Nicole Hutchison, and of course, Brian Anger, uh, the punter for the Dallas Cowboys. Appreciate uh, Brian hanging out with uh, Brad and Nicole tonight, the Dallas Cowboys, in as as few words as I can say it, gentlemen, uh, they got the ass whooped yesterday. Oh, boy, did they. Um, that's about as as clean as I can sum it up for you. Shout out to Old 75 Beer Garden. Uh, got the chance to hang out with Cowboys Nation and the Tolos yesterday. Had a hell of a time there. Showed up, showed out. Y'all were fantastic. And y'all brought a lot more energy than the Cowboys did on the football field yesterday. Um, so we really appreciate the opportunity to hang out uh, with them and be able to hang out throughout the entire uh, evening on Sunday. But, Reg, uh, it just was not – it wasn't pretty. No. In, at all in any facet of the game yesterday. Which, you know what, because you you did – I mean, I, you know, we had a lot of jokey jokes yesterday because, you know – Plenty of them. You got to have jokey jokes in those types of moments. Otherwise, you're just crying. <laughs> um, however, you said the people at Old 75 brought more energy than the Cowboys. Look, man – they brought they brought some energy. They Shout did. out to the fo- fine folks that joined us in Richardson. Did this game look like an, uh, a um, uh, a problem with energy and effort? Because I don't know if that's the way that I saw it. And of course, I guess the way we should let's go ahead and pose the question. In a game full of concerns, what was the biggest concern for you from Cowboys Niners eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three on the truckwreck.com text line? Because energy and effort 
didn't feel like the the like and of course like it's going to be tough to be like this is the one problem there was a lot of problems that all worked together came together yeah. like a storm and a hurricane to make this a very bad no good day for your for your cowboys energy and effort did not hit me high like it seemed like they was playing hard they was just getting whooped Oh, boy. I guess the word I would use for yesterday was just uh, embarrassing. And, yes, while these guys, you know, at the outset, look, these guys are going to pay millions of dollars to play a game, and I don't necessarily try to question effort at times, but the execution and the lack thereof in all three phases of the game, particularly after all the conversation going into this past week, was what this game was supposed to mean, not just for NFC supremacy in playoff implications down the road, but just by the simple fact that this team has eliminated you each of the last two years in the playoffs when it has mattered most, and you have a chance to go into that building and establish confidence for the rest of the year that you are to be a contender and to be a team that is looked at on the short list of teams that can be a part of that Super Bowl conversation. I don't feel any of that after what just happened yesterday, Mm -hmm. and no one should, based on how this defense, how poorly they played offensively, couldn't execute, couldn't have anything in rhythm, and more importantly, you got out-physicaled, you got out-coached, you got out-played, you got out-everything yesterday by a team that simply had better talent than you and executed much better than you could, even with all the stakes riding on this game. The Cowboys showed up in a small, small way that cannot be overlooked based on the expectation they had coming into this game, knowing what was on the line here. All right, so we'll still we'll talk about the larger picture things over the court. You know, over the course of this program, we we got you till eleven, so at nine o'clock, we'll we'll jump into like the bigger scale things. I want to stay within the course of this game. Mm-hmm. Let's get let's get down and dirty and trying to dissect what this game was. And we already got some people chiming in on the text line. We appreciate y'all. Someone said from the 214, big one for me was play calling. I hate to say it, but I miss Kellen. There's a reason Aaron wanted to get rid of Mike. And that is the big concern that I've been on. And you've been able to hear it. If you listen to the Get Right in particular, you've been able to hear me kind of get at this over time. We had a conversation, what was it, last week, about if the way that this offense has gone about things is an overcorrection to the interceptions that Dak Prescott had. You know, I've asked a few of our friends, our Cowboys-related uh, friends that have come on the program you know, how they view this and if they're concerned about, like, the lack of chunk plays. And it felt like all of those types of things showed themselves in this game offensively. It felt like this offense was not capable of moving the sticks consistently. And remember, we talked about how first and second downs, they've been a little so-so, but they've been able to come, you know, get back by having a really high completion rate or success rate on third downs. That was not the case in this game. Right, you were not able to run the ball particularly well, and of course, it really stunk. The first, literally, the first play where it looked like you ran the ball well, the ball mm-hmm. was punched out by Fred Warner. But just offensively, it feels like they have put a governor on this offense in the ways that it can operate um, in order to try and limit interceptions. And then now, when you get into the big moments, the big teams, the good teams, or really the great teams, is the conversation that we should be talking about. Do you have the type of offense that can add in to the to the overall effort for your team? And it doesn't feel like that's the case. And that feels like that lands on McCarthy, right? This offense, look, man, Kellen Moore offensively put up numbers. Yeah. The problem that at least I think a lot of people had, and I could say specifically with me, with Kellen Moore, was situational, right? Situationally, it felt like they did not make the right decisions, make the right play calls. But, like, 
in those special situations, it went bad. Outside of that, they, they cooked. This felt like a, a team that did not cook outside of that. And it's the thing that we talked about, a lot of people talked about, especially if you wanted to be negative for the Cowboys in those blowouts, is, hey, man, how much is the offense actually putting in here? It looks slow. You're not getting it. You're not punching it in the red zone. Those types of things seem to be magnified when you got a better team and a better defense. Go figure. I think the biggest concern for me, and there's plenty of blame to go around in this game, whether it's the head coach of Mike McCarthy, the lack of execution offensively that starts with Dak Prescott in this offense, who was not good in this game. Absolutely not. No excuses will be made for his play after what happened against San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. My chief concern is that this defense got absolutely torched Mm. throughout the course of this game. You gave up. 170 yards on a on the ground in a game where you largely bottled up Christian McCaffrey from a running perspective. 19 carries for 51 yards and an average of 2.7 yards per carry. This is the second game in a row where you've largely held Christian McCaffrey in check, but you still could not stop the run when you needed to most. And more importantly, you let Mr. Irrelevant carve your ass up all day long The thing that we talked about going into this game is about how this team was in number one in DVOA and passes against the left and passes against the right. Guess what? This team going into the game last night, number 27 in DVOA, defending passes in the middle of the field. Brock Purdy last night, 9 of 14 for 132 yards and a touchdown in the middle of the field. You knew what was coming. You still couldn't stop it, and that is on Dan Quinn and his defense. For the life of me, I could not figure out, Reg, why in the world, why you would have a guy in Micah Parsons as versatile and as multidimensional as he is as a player. You kept lining him up over Trent Williams most of the night when you had an offense, a defensive advantage by trying to get after their right tackle, and you, for the most part, did not do it. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win a lot of matches against him, even with one of the best defensive players in the league in Micah Parsons. I thought there was a lack of creativity defensively and how they were trying to get after San Francisco and the lack of execution of it reared his ugly head throughout the course of the night. But the run defense again, whether it was Arizona and then this time again against San Francisco was horrendous. And now you have questions about the mentality of them going forward and how they are going to defend teams like Philadelphia, Los Angeles. I'm talking about the Chargers, Buffalo, Miami. You've got a really tough schedule. against a lot going to be a monster. Monster. To deal with, because that was what you saw, at least for me, yesterday night. You talked about the middle of the field, and woo boy, this is where we're going to have to contend with the, the buildup of this roster. We've definitely wildly overrated the ways that they've built this roster, and some of this is the safeties and linebackers for various reasons. The safeties seem like they're playing a little bit down from where they had previously. The linebackers, you are getting injuries, and that's also that's going to be something you have to contend with going further, mm-hmm. right? You, you depended a lot on the good play of Leighton Van Der Esch. Ramon Clark seemed like he was playing pretty solid. Even uh, Bell, Marquise Bell has kind of stepped in and tried to give you some linebacker play. You are losing guys and then dropping like flies, and now the level of play is going to go down simply because you have fewer guys and dudes that are lower on the depth chart. Um, you also are starting to see maybe some slowing down of just like the basic talent because one of your pet peeves during this game, you kept tapping me on the shoulder like, hey, didn't I tell you? Your man, uh, Stephon Gilmore, who you brought in man. to be an addition, a big-time addition on this team when it comes to experience, but then also his his play. You know, we were kind of amazed as a as a football-watching public seeing Stephon Gilmore continue to play at his high level at his advanced age last year in Indianapolis. 
they they looked like they were going to try and pick on him when it came to the speed. And of course, he wasn't the only one. There was other guys that kind of got ran away from at times. But I think that Gilmore ends up being um, illustrative of the larger point, which is sometimes it just looked like you were a step slow, which was really unfortunate in this game. Yeah, and I think you saw that quite often, whether it was Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel at times. And again, that gets me to the idea that as the rest of the season goes on, you're going to be playing a lot of teams with a lot of speed. We mentioned with Miami, Buffalo, Los Angeles. Those things remain a concern. But then the other chief concern was for the second time against this team and this defense, yeah. Fred Warner made your life a living hell if you were Dak Prescott. And what he was able to do to wreck that football game personally against him, I thought the decision-making at times, there were four instances in that game where Dak Prescott has CeeDee Lamb wide open. One of them that I think of immediately is where he tried to hit Brandon Cooks deep down the left sideline and see the lands running across the deep middle of the field wide open. And Dak Prescott did not see him. It was not able to move the football in that particular way and getting CeeDee Lamb, who we'll talk about throughout the course of the show, too. Because my man's body language yesterday, he was over it during the course of that football game at times by the lack of uh, participation that he had in getting the football uh, from his quarterback. Well, I mean, this this is kind of a different side of a similar coin that we saw with him prior, and I'm trying to remember which game exactly it was. It was a game where he was having some drops, and you saw the ways that it kind of washed over him. He seems to wear his emotions on his sleeve and it's when it gets bad enough, and that was definitely a game where it got bad enough. Um, funny enough, you mentioned uh, Fred Warner, who is a fantastic player. I felt like Drake Greenlaw was even more of a certain monster with the amount with the level of speed that he was showing and the the, the awareness, the ways in which he came up and made plays, um, whether it was in the flats or even coming up at spying Dak Prescott and not allowing him to extend a play. But that comes back to the same thing. Those linebackers were just fantastic in coverage, knowing mm-hmm. that you have a front four with the Niners that is capable of wreaking havoc. And then being able to drop those guys into coverage and knowing that you're going to make it absolute hell for the other team. But let's talk about the thing that everybody wants to talk about for for whatever reason, right? For every reason in the book, everybody wants to talk about Dak Prescott and his performance in this game. Um, you cannot you cannot say anything in defense of a performance that was poor. It was a poor performance from Dak Prescott. Point blank, period. Now, the where you go from that is very interesting because we've seen people start discussing the idea of Dak Prescott no longer, you know, being who you believe can do this for you. And I guess we can maybe have that larger conversation because we don't have enough time for that Mm -hmm. right now in the future. How do you feel just in like a quick, you know, small scale with Dak Prescott? Because in this game, he was not good. I also don't believe that the offense empowers, empowers him to be very good which is tough because that's what we were sold all off seasons that this offense would empower him to be better and of course you did not have as many interceptions through you didn't have interceptions in the first few games you had three in this game two of which looked awful I'll say it quickly I feel like I'm trying to keep a level head when it comes to the adjustments that this offense is trying to make with Dak Prescott running this offense under Mike McCarthy versus Mike McCarthy's inability, it appears so far this season at times, to put him in positions to succeed based on the weapons that they have acquired and have, especially with Brandon Cooks, and trying to figure out where is the balance of that and how Dak Prescott improves in terms of what he's seeing on the field based on what Mike McCarthy's helping him see in his play calling and how does Mike McCarthy, as a play caller, put his team in the best position with his quarterback to accentuate the weapons that he has. And I don't know where I fall on that 
and who do I assess the more blame to. But based on last night, I blame the quarterback for missing some really open throws with CeeDee Lamb and others to be able to move the football down the field. And for Mike McCarthy, once you see that, okay, he's got to be the one that makes the adjustment based on what his quarterback may or may not be seeing to help him out. Because I felt like no one helped each other out last night. But Dak Prescott, Rain Dakota Prescott was not good, and he did not play to any kind of standard that you expect him to play at, given what was on the line tonight. And there is no excuse for his play, and there will be no excuse for his play based on what he did last night. Yeah, the, the, I, like the three interceptions. The first one was the one was that the one that he tried to force into um, Michael Gallup that got tipped out on a slant. Like why you're that that goes that's something that we saw a lot last year mm-hmm. where he's just like I I got to trust this route. He's going to he's going to beat him here. Well, there were times he looked directly like he wasn't even going through progress. He would look at a receiver. That's where I'm going with the football. Like there was no reading of, okay, I don't see that open there. Let me make a d- different decision yeah. based on what may be open down the field. And that cost him a couple of times with open receivers, again, particularly CeeDee Lamb in some instances there. I know for me, I'm really excited to watch the All-22 because what he was looking at is something that I'm desperately wanting to see. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I'm any level of quarterback whisperer because I'm not, but the idea that this offense has more true progressions, I feel like it should be more evident okay, one, two, three, this is where you need to go. It should be easier to diagnose what was happening there, and I'm intrigued in seeing that. Some of the shots that this team this team draw, drew up just felt uninspired. And you know what? We'll talk more about it again. It, there's there's so much to cover within the course of this game. We're with you to 11, and, of course, all throughout the week. Although, yes, tomorrow we have, obviously, Rangers baseball that, that's going to have us mm-hmm. out of the way. But one of the things that I've heard spoken about over the course of the last day or, or so Hey, man, this Cowboys offense is starting to look like the latter ends of McCarthy era in Green Bay. Oh, my gosh. Where teams were talking about how predictable it can be. And that's that's a very, very bad place to be, especially if you do not believe in Dak Prescott. Oh, boy, that's a rough. That's rough there. Because <laughs> that's not what I want to hear with this office looking like anything that was at the end of Mike McCarthy's tenure uh, in Green Bay, because that is yikes. It's the Get Right Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. More reaction, of course, to what happened yesterday in the destruction in Santa Clara as far as the Cowboys, and they were concerned against the 49ers. But coming up next, though, Levi Weaver of The Athletic covering all things Major League Baseball is going to join us to preview game three of the American League Division Series between the good guys and the Baltimore Orioles. We do that next on 105 through the fan. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Ross Lubinsky holding it down for you here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckred.com text line, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation coming up in 14 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League on this Monday night as the Green Bay Packers visit the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders up 10-3 right now in that Monday night game as Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing a touchdown pass. For the Raiders to have them up 10 to 3. Right now, though, we go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in one of our favorites here on the Get Right with Reggie KG. He is the newsletter writer for the MLB uh, for the Athletic. It's called The Wind Up. You can find him on Twitter at 32EFIS. He is, of course, Levi Weaver. Levi, what's going on? Man, I am still just sitting here with my jaw on the floor after that uh, play to end the, the uh, Braves-Phillies game. Did you guys happen to see that while you were 
while you're uh, radioing. Okay, so Zach Wheeler had a what a no hitter through what was it six at that point? Okay, so this is the play that I'm talking about. The Braves take a, a, a one run lead. It's mm-hmm. the ninth inning. Bryce Harper's on first base. There's one out, and uh, oh my gosh, who even hit it? I don't know. Somebody from the Phillies hits the ball to the wall in center field. Michael Harris uh, Jr., the second, or however he prefers to be called, sprints back, jumps, catches the ball at the wall. Harper is absolutely certain that the ball is not going to be caught, so he's almost to second base. Harris throws the ball back in. It evades two Braves infielders, but Harper's still so far away. He's, like, hustling to get back. Sure enough, they throw him out at first base. Double play. Game is over. Braves oh, win. I'm looking at it right now. It was Nick Castellanos who hit it. Of course it was. <laughs> Why would it be anyone else? Of course it would be Nick Castellanos for sure. If somebody had just tried to apologize for some bad news about three <laughs> seconds earlier, that ball would have cleared the wall. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's that's rough. Unbelievable. So yeah. we, we, I mean, maybe if you guys had had me on earlier, I could have been the one apologizing because I – you know, last time we talked, I, first of all, made a mistake about who the Rangers would play in the next round, which was embarrassing. But I also said I didn't think anybody was going to be able to beat the Baltimore Orioles in the American League. And your Texas Rangers currently up 2 to nothing, going back home to, uh, to play the Orioles. Holy cow, guys. Yeah, along those lines, I will give you some credit. You did not, even though I gave you plenty of opportunities, you did not damn the Rangers understanding the the, the power this offense possessed. But did we possibly, and I'll speak for myself, did I possibly over uh, or undervalue the, the influence of having guys that have been here before in the postseason in the ways that the Rangers went and got guys that have done that on the, you know, in their lineup? Um, and then you look at the Rays and the Orioles and them not necessarily having that same type of experience. Eh, maybe, but I, I don't know. I don't put a whole lot of weight in that. First of all, the Rays have been to the playoffs like every year for the last decade or so. Um, the Orioles do have a lot of young guys, and that's true, but it's not like, you know, there have been some walks, but it hasn't really seemed like the Orioles have played sloppy or played scared or never been any like major faux pas that I've seen that I'm like, oh, yeah, young guys, they're tight. They're not ready for this. They played okay. It's just the Rangers have played better, and their offense has been an absolute monster. So I, I don't know. I mean, sure, maybe there's something to be said for that, but I don't think that's like the defining um, you know, difference that we've seen in the first two games. I mean, the difference has been, uh, first of all, the Rangers' offense has been so, so good. Um, the pitching has been just good enough. You know, I mean, that – Man, game one, we saw the Rangers up one, and all of a sudden it's the ninth inning, and we've watched the Orioles come from behind so many times this year, uh, and we've watched the Rangers just rack up the come-from-ahead losses this year, and you're like, well, I think I've seen this play out before. I think I know where this is going. No, they they held the lead. They got the win. Um, You know, like, the Rangers have just played good baseball, and they they were probably the streakiest team in baseball in the second half, and I kind of thought, you know, We'll see. If they can get on a hot streak in the playoffs, it could be very good for them. So far, so good. They've been on quite a hot streak. Levi, in Major League Baseball, it's, it tends to seem when we get to playoff time that the wild card team, for some reason, can find a way to go on a run. I think about the, what was it, the 2002, was it the Angels in 2002? Of course, they won the World Series over the San Francisco Giants. I could have the year wrong. But the idea being, wild card teams tend to get in these situations and find a way to just get hot and win these things. 
can you fashion seeing the Rangers being a team that could be one of those teams that does that this year? They could. I'm certainly not going to put that past them. They've got the offense to do it. Um, the the starting rotation is interesting to me, right? Because there's no Degrom, there's no Scherzer, there's no John Gray right now. Um, you know, maybe Scherzer could be back next round. Maybe Gray could be back next round. But rotation's a little uh, bumpy. But my goodness, whose rotation isn't bumpy, right? I'm watching the Dodgers down three nothing right now because they've got basically, you know, the the desiccated corpse of Clayton Kershaw and a bunch of rookies pitching for them. Um, so, yeah, they absolutely could. I mean, that offense is good enough to do that if the bullpen can just piece it together. And, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. We saw the Phillies go to the to the World Series last year. They were a wild-card team. Uh, if, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, weren't the 2011 Cardinals a wild-card team? Um or is that is that verboten? Where we're not supposed to talk about that on Dallas radio, are we? <laughs> I mean, it's already happening. It's, 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 it's already happening. Look, man, it's the vibes right. are immaculate, so don't worry. That's about right. It. Okay, all right. So yeah, to, to answer your question, yes, could they? Absolutely. Will they? I mean, what do I know? I didn't think they were going to beat the Rays, so uh, I'm just kind of along for the ride at this point. And yes, Anaheim, they were the wild card team uh, back in 2002 when they won 99 games, and of course beat the uh, San Francisco Giants in an epic World Series. Yeah, actually, along those lines, like being a really good team and then kind of having seeing it go wild, we've seen that the Orioles are down two games. Obviously, outside of just like the Braves being one of the most hittingest teams of all time, they look like they were in that place. How odd is it? And I mean, or is it just something where you go, that's baseball in the postseason uh, to have these teams that are that, you know, have obviously gotten all these wins and have played so well you know, kind of have their number called by teams that you would look up and anticipate should not play this well against them. The team I always go back to for this scenario is the 2001 Mariners who won more games than anybody in history and did not even make it to the World Series. Uh, baseball is such a long, long season that teams that win that many games, they do so because they are just consistently very good. But it's such a crapshoot, right? Like, especially these three and five game series, you know, when you try and match up, this team was good over 162 games. That team was, you know, a little bit less good over 162 games. None of that really matters. It's like, who's going to win the first three games? And it's such a crapshoot that I, I really think that's all you can chalk it up to. And, I, you know, Ken Rosenthal had an interesting story today about how should we take a look at the, at the format, we're seeing these teams that are the favorites that have had the time off kind of get boat raced in the first game of the series. Um, fair enough. I mean, we could take a look at that, but I, I really just think there could be some, I probably should have looked this up so I would have a really good example, but I'm sure that the Braves at some point in June or July got, you know, got beaten in a series by, I don't know, the Pirates or the Cubs or some team that didn't even make the playoffs. And we blew, we blew it off. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's a, you know, who cares? They're still going to go to the playoffs. They're still going to be the best team going into the playoffs. But it just goes to show, like, that can happen in baseball. It does happen in baseball all the time. And it just, you know, now we're just watching it with a whole lot of extra added pressure because it's the playoffs. Levi Weaver of the Athletic MLB joining us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 through the fans. So let's turn our attention to tomorrow's game. How do you see tomorrow's game playing out? Nathan Evaldi taking the mound for the Texas Rangers and what they will look to do to try and sweep Baltimore on their way to the American League Championship Series. And that's the guy you want on the mound, right? Like, of everybody that's left, um, that is absolutely the guy you want. He didn't look great in the regular season when he came back, but everything didn't give that a whole lot of credence because he didn't throw a, a rehab assignment. He didn't go down and 
pitch, you know, two, three innings against Frisco hitter or you know, whoever Frisco was playing. He jumped straight back in on the deep end. Didn't look great, but he was coming back. But man, that you know, a little stronger each time, a little stronger each time. Got to full speed right in time for the playoffs, and man, he looked good against the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are a great offense, and he made him look silly at times. So if the Rangers are going to do it, I think now's the time because if they don't win tomorrow, here's I, I have I have my answer for this. Who I think it's going to be, and I, full disclosure, was not paying attention during the Rangers media day today. So. This actually may have been announced. But who's your game four starter? It's not Jordan Montgomery. He just went. It's not Heaney or Dunning. They both piggybacked in game one. Um, you know, Evaldi's starting tonight. Is it Martin Perez? Like, is that your game four starter? Oh, boy. I have no idea. Um, and if that's the case, like, let's play this out. Even if you do win, is that the biggest concern that the Rangers then face going into seven-game series in what could be a ALCS or even maybe a World Series run? Well, yes and no. Um, I think that all depends on if Max Scherzer, who seems to think that he's got a path back to being on the roster the next round, if, is he going to be back? Is John Gray going to be back by then? If you get those two guys back, you can breathe a little easier. Uh, of course, Scherzer... You know, maybe a similar situation to what we saw with Ivaldi. Maybe he's a three-inning guy his first outing back. So who knows? Um, be nice to get. You know, maybe maybe Scherzer and Gray piggyback, and each of them pitch three or four innings. Um, but I, it just depends on if those guys are back. But yeah, uh, if neither of them are back, going into a seven-game series, you basically got Montgomery, Ivaldi, and um, and then you pray and you hope that God answers your prayers that, you know, Andrew Heaney continues to pitch the way that he has, and Dane Dunning can, you know, come in out of the bullpen after him or something like that. But, but like I said, every team is kind of in that situation, right? The Diamondbacks have Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, and a whole lot of mess after the Braves. we watching them. They have well, Max Freed and Spencer Strider. After that, I don't know, Bryce Elder maybe, and uh, after that, Everybody is just decimated in their rotation right now, so it's not unique to the Rangers. It should be one hell of a scene tomorrow night at Globe Life Field when the Rangers take on the Baltimore Orioles. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and the Rangers apparently have coalesced towards the end of the season and into the postseason around Creed. Uh, Levi. <laughs> if, you, if I force I you to give me a favorite, right <laughs> favorite Creed song and or lyric. Um, thank you. Good night. Which is what they say at the end of the concert. It means the show's over. And we don't have to listen <laughs> wow. Wow. Wait, way to not play into the Levi game. Levi is not here for your Creed talk. Okay. Wow. No, I texted Jared Sandler. I'm like, Jared, why are you doing this? Cause Jared's the one that kind of brought this to the forefront and like, you know, is telling everybody, Oh, look at the Creed. Like Jared, shut up. <laughs> do not do this. There are better ways to, you know, every team needs its postseason thing something else anything else do not do this to me personally do not do this no i hate it we're not we are not rejoicing in that you guys can have fun with it by all means i'm going to, to opt out i mean look it's <laughs> he's just being a good reporter and talking about what is taking the, the range oh, right. oh wow wow no no creed uh, here's like I, I i like pearl jam pearl jam's fine but pearl jam has a lot to answer for for the bands that they inspired, and there are a lot of them, all of whom, and Creed is chief among them. Say some words. 
Say your words. <laughs> <laughs> Say your words, I think, is the best place to leave this interview. <laughs> Levi, we appreciate you as always, um, especially with your with your Creed hate. Yes, that was great, Levi. Thank you so much. By the way, that was my favorite Creed lyric. I did initially answer the question. My favorite Creed lyric is... <laughs> Get out of here, Levi. Get out of here, man. I appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you guys. There he goes. Levi Weaver of The Athletic, writer of the MLB newsletter, The Wind Up. Uh, good enough to join us here on the Get Right. Coming up next here on our fine program, we go around the National Football League. Who oh boy, injuries devastating around the league, including one for your Cowboys. We detail it next on 105.3 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, yep. Ross Lebinski holding it down for you here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. Where we get- appreciate you giving your opinions, no matter what they are, as long as you're not spamming it. That's all I ask. That's all yeah. I ask. Yeah, that's all we ask. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin Gray Sports, at Red Jettatula if you want to get him on Twitter as well. Coming up at the top of the hour, was this loss for the Cowboys a speed bump, a wake-up call, or a bigger omen to something bigger later on this year? We'll have that conversation at the top of the hour among a lot of things. Because y'all, look, if one thing Cowboys Nation knows how to do. Dak Prescott! Woo! Dak Prescott. Not just Cowboys Nation, man. This Everybody. Is na- oh, man. National media. Nasty We word. all in here. What did I tell you yesterday when, as we were watching the game as the game unfolded? 
I said the national media conversation this week when it comes to this team is going to be real nasty work. And your boy Stephen A. Smith, you know, Shannon Sharp. They're going to get after it. Got after it. But here's the tough thing, right? Like, again, Dak Prescott has his responsibility. Yes. It feels – this game was so so much of a complete and thorough butt-whooping that it just seemed like there's so many different pieces to talk about. Oh, man. And that's the only thing I don't like is I feel like we get very narrow in the ways that we talk about that. And, look, I get it, man. But, oof, there's so much there. Let's go around the NFL here on the get right. And we start with my favorite NFL correspondent. Uh, Let's start with the Vikings. They've got a real problem uh, potentially coming up with their wide receiver in Justin Jefferson as he may be missing some time because uh, he is dealing with a uh, a hamstring. If you're just going to do the report, why are you throwing to? Well, because he has more detail on it. Here he goes. uh, Can we get that one? Ian Rappaport talking about. Uh, See, look, we know we don't even need to play it. No, I, I want them to hear the and my my personal NFL correspondent Ian Rappaport discussing uh, Justin Jefferson. See, look, look at you. Oh, Ian doesn't want to talk. Huh? That's look. Is that- a bad sign. <sighs> Justin Jefferson, maybe the best receiver in the NFL. If you are the Vikings, you have to make absolutely sure that everything going on with your star player is done perfectly is checked and double-checked and triple-checked. Hard to imagine a more important player to a team or to... He is a great player. So, yes, he is getting tests on his hamstring. He's getting a second opinion. He is getting a report. Based on my understanding, it seems like a stretch that he'd be able to be on the field for the Vikings this week. That seems like, based on my knowledge, to be a long shot. It is unclear after that when we will see Justin Jefferson on the field, still waiting for the report, Still trying to see what does the future hold for the Vikings superstar. Oh, boy. Uh, that's not good. Because <laughs> what's the Minnesota Vikings offense these days? Justin down there somewhere. He down there somewhere. Uh, throw it to him. Because, I mean, they traded for Cam Akers, but if I remember correctly, that that hasn't really looked Mm-mm. incredible no. thus yet. Mm-mm. It may be just more, more time to integrate and, you know, see it flourish, I guess. I mean, they played Kansas City – Decently well. You have anything to say on that in that regard? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, real quick, I don't know if you saw the challenge yesterday. So Travis Kelsey made a, a hell of a grab. Like he made it over the shoulder grab, fell and took it to the ground. And Kevin O'Connell decided to challenge the catch. And at this point, they had already burned a timeout. I believe this is in the third quarter. Had already burned a timeout, and he decided to challenge the call. And I'm like, if this is not the worst challenge. I have ever seen in my life and confirmation that yet this is the most unserious team in all the NFL. Kevin O'Connell and his team continue to prove that. I feel uh, like there I feel like there was an even worse challenge this weekend. I can't remember. Oh, really? What there game was an even was worse in. one than that? Yeah, someone someone challenged a catch, but there was a penalty on that would have given them the first down either way. <laughs> what? So it was like, why why are you challenging? I'll go find it. Let me don't worry about it. Let me go find it. Uh speaking of uh injuries, this is a big one for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Devon Achan is undergoing evaluation for a knee injury, uh, according to Black Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel. Mm. Uh, the severity of the injury is yet to be determined as McDaniel declined to say whether the rookie would miss time or was undergoing an MRI. Of course, he suffered the injury during Sunday's victory over the G-Men, although he, the coach decide, declined to specify exactly what 
occurred. Of course, A-Chan ran for a buck 51 on 11 carries. His third straight game with at least 100 yards rushing and a touchdown uh, for that potent Miami Dolphin offense. Yeah, man, they just have a ton of speed on that team, and they do a great job of getting that speed in place to, su- to succeed. Like, I, it really is just coaching when it's brought down to a T. It's like the idea of, hey, you want to have, you know, the Jimmys and Joes and then match the X's and O's with what they do well and then profit. And outside of that Bills game, that's what you've seen from that offense. Other big-time injuries from Week 5. The Jets lose their top offensive lineman as Elijah Vera Tucker. He is done for the season with a Yikes. torn Achilles. Uh, and he will miss the rest of the season after tearing that Achilles uh, against the Denver Broncos. So it is the second straight season-ending injury for Vera Tucker. And guess what? They both happened in Denver. Um, so he tore his triceps last October in the second quarter of the Jets' victory over the Broncos. And now this year, tears his Achilles in a win in Denver over the Broncos. So, unfortunately for the former 2021 first-round pick, uh, he will not be around for the rest of the year as the Jets improve to 2-3 and three after getting the win over the Denver Broncos. So, yeah, another devastating. What's up with them and Achilles this year? There was a ton. There was a ton of – there's been a ton of bad injuries this week. Just Look, man, football. It really is well, – it the really Jets does. the Achilles specifically. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I know some people start talking about grass surfaces and stuff. I know. Yeah. Where's David Bakhtiari to get his get his uh, his issue off on that Yikes. regard? And, yes, thank you, Swaggy Booties. It was Saints-Patriots where your man Dennis Allen was like, let me throw this flag. It's like you realize they're going to get a first down out of the way. Whether it's a catch or not, it's okay. It's cool. And they it's still fine. won that game, thirty-four nothing. They smoked them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we may get to Bills and Belichick at some point later on this week because I, they look broken in New England. That that thing looks broken uh, for Bill Belichick and that Patriot team. Uh, speaking of broken, that, oh man, I hate the. Nah, I'm gonna do that injury. Yeah, that was a bad. That was a bad. Yeah, segue I, there. I, I won't do that one because yeah, we'll wait on the other one. Because uh, <laughs> I. For all of those who thought I was going to talk about Leighton Vanders, I'll wait. I'll wait on that one. Uh, Matt Milano. Now, this one is devastating. Matt Milano. Yeah, he's going to be sidelined indefinitely, along with defensive tackle uh, Daquan Jones, both suffering injuries against the London Jaguars on Sunday. Milano's got a leg injury, and Jones got a pectoral injury. Both of them will have surgery, Sean McDermott said. Uh, today, it has not been determined whether either player will be sidelined for the season um, but two really big injuries, especially for a defense in Buffalo. That's been really good so far this year. Not just that, like it's been good in large part because of Matt Milano. Right. Matt Milano was the best player in that game that they played against the Miami Dolphins. Like mm-hmm. the ways in which that he was showing up all over the field and in coverage also. Like that dude was huge when it came to that game and when it comes to that defense. It's that's a huge loss for them. And this comes just a week after, of course, their starting corner. Tredavious White suffered, guess what, an Achilles-ending season-ending injury. So, yeah, Buffalo's going through it right now in terms of some of their injuries to uh, their their best players. Yeah, and I I saw that there was a complaint by one unnamed Buffalo Bills player when they played at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium there in London 
Um, they basically said, why the bleep do we fly our way to London to play on the concrete? And I guess they were not feeling the artificial surface oh, wow. that they played upon. Oh, boy. Like, I do wonder. And again, this is the tough thing when it comes to the players because their, their union has not been able to extract really anything mm-hmm. major in negotiations uh, for, you know, um, their contracts. Um I wonder if they're going to make this a priority for themselves because I don't think I don't think the league is going to do this out of the goodness of their heart. You're going to need to go and, you know, try and enforce some level and use your leverage as a union to try and get some level of additional safety measures when it comes to fields. I'm interested to see if they make that a priority and how they would be able to do that because again, we see the way that these negotiations typically go and they don't often go in favor of the players. And also, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, and I think some of this was talked about during the course of the week leading up to the game and definitely after the game. Uh, so the Jaguars got to spend two weeks in London. And you could tell during the first half of the game, it looked like Buffalo was sleepwalking because, of course, Jacksonville has already played a, week, a game in London the week before. They got to stay there for another week and to play another game. So they spent the last two weeks there. Meanwhile, Buffalo had to make, as you mentioned, that long travel, play on that surface, and then had to deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, of course, were able to win that game uh, yesterday. So I thought it was a little unfair <laughs> that a team got to spend both weeks in London while you had to make the other team, you know, travel for that. You talking about unfair. They not trying to hear none of that. Did the cash, does the check cash, right? Like, this is the thing. Money machine go burr, right? Like, that's what the NFL is talking about. They do not want to hear nothing about you being tired, nothing about you being asleep. Look, man, there's so many different areas where we can point to the league and be like, Hey, that's probably not a best practice if you actually want to see the best level of football, but they've long committed to the idea. They don't give a damn about the best level of football because y'all going to watch any of this football anyways. They're trying to make the best level of money. I mean, that's I always the agree. I mean, I definitely agree, but, you know, if you're talking about having a level playing field, make both of them teams travel in the same week to London instead of having one getting me able to camp out there in their home city for, you know, two weeks in that way. But Got to get two games off, baby. <laughs> get that European money. <laughs> They'll be back in Germany in November. Uh, when they get to send the best team in the NFL. Well, get, the, get them Euros. <laughs> bring them to the stadium. <laughs> That's your trip around the National Football League here on the Get Right. Um, yeah, I didn't want to do the whole, like, you know, speaking of broken, the latent. You kind of half did it. Yeah, I know. That but I, like, I'm glad you reeled it in. Yeah, I did because, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to do that to that man. Sorry to that man. Injuries, they're bad. They're really and they bad. happen a lot in football. <laughs> for the nines, uh, one two, the Bills could have gone over sooner. How? They had a game the past week. Bobo, I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't understand what the conversation is at this point. <laughs> Them going having to go to London, you know, while Jacksonville was there for two weeks in their home, alternate home. Whatever. Money machine go burr. <laughs> Coming up next was the Cowboys lost a speed bump, a wake up call. Or a bigger omen for later on this year. Next on the Get Right. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.